Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 46 of Own the Road with Auto Trader, where we make car stuff simple for Canadians. My name is Jody Lyon. I'm the editor in chief of Auto Trader. And my name is Dan Alika, and I am Auto Trader's road test editor. Guess what time it is, Dan? Uh,. Awards season? Oh yeah! So the 2024 Auto Trader Awards, we are announcing the winners today in this podcast. This is literally the biggest thing that we get to work on all year round. Um, our, our main goal at like Auto Trader, but like our team specifically, um, is to make car stuff simple for Canadians, right? Whoa! So we know that there are so many good options out there when you're shopping for a new car, and we know that it can be a little bit overwhelming, especially if you don't know where to start. So the Auto Trader Awards are kind of uh, here to help you feel more confident. They're a great jumping off point for your research. Um, the way So we have a group of over 20 of Canada's best and finest automotive journalists they are voting on the best cars in every single segment. These are cars um, that really raise the bar for not only their own segment, but for the automotive industry as a whole. They are cars that um, our experts feel confident recommending to their fa friends and family. And you as Canadian car buyers, um, you know, we pride ourselves on giving unbiased expert advice and the Auto Trader Awards are kind of like the ultimate expression uh, of that responsibility we have uh, to you. Yeah. Uh, and before we get into it, you know, big, big shout out to, to well, I mean, Jody, obviously, it really kind of quarterbacks this, but Andy Lynn, our production editor, does so much work behind the scenes on the awards program in particular, uh, you know, w between the voting and you know, organizing all of those votes and how they fall. Like the, it's, it's honestly like when, when I saw those spreadsheets, I was like, this is too much for, it's a wall of, yeah. of information that is just like crazy to sort through. Uh, and I know it, a lot goes into it and that's all, that's all Andy. So um, big shout out to him. And then big shout out to all of our, you know, jurors that, that vote in this. I know it's a, you know, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with it. And I'm telling you, like, when you sit down to go through and, and vote, it's like that that thought process, it really stops you in your tracks to be like, you know, really think it through because you understand the importance that, that it, you know, does carry. Yeah, because I mean, a new car is one of the biggest purchases you'll ever make besides like a home. And so we want to make sure that you all are feeling confident when you go out and, you know, you sign your line or you sign your name on that contract. Um, I just wanted to point out that every single vehicle that's available for Canadians to buy is eligible. That's like over 350 different yeah. cars that we're considering. And so I'm super proud of the fact that like we, the Auto Trader Awards are Canada's most trusted automotive awards and the most influential, which I'm super proud of. And I didn't make that up. That comes from third party research, right? Would um, you also say that they're Canada's most comprehensive? I would say so, yeah, because we have, so. we have, um, you know, a, a category for every single body style. Um, every single mainstream automaker is eligible. Like we're, we're talking like, we're not talking about Ferraris and Bugattis and and, and by the way, when she says that we have a category for every body style, she doesn't mean like, you know, me and her, like being such different body styles. <laughs> She's talking about, about the vehicles themselves. Vehicle okay? segments. There you go. Yes. I didn't want people to be like, well, yeah, Dan's body style, you know, he's a rather Best large. Best car for big guys. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that's not, those are not the body styles that we're interested in voting on. 
we're strictly voting on the vehicles like, you know, small cars. Uh, what do we have? I don't know, four different SUV categories for mainstream and luxury yeah. like it's a lot and so we we get into debates like every year about which cars should be classified where um, and we put a lot of thought into making sure that everything is fair and transparent and helpful to you the Canadian car buyer right yeah. and so you know we we make tweaks every year to make sure um, you know that the categories are evolving with the market um, you know that our price caps are a little bit uh, that are they're adjusting to what's out there and the other side of it so one that you know maybe some of you out there have noticed and not just for for our awards um but in general in the industry language you know matters in the classification of segments and the one that i always reference is this idea of i think you know last year we we talked about you know three row suvs right but it's like there are a, a few different things to consider there where it's like well you're not going to compare a Suburban, which technically a Chevy Suburban technically has three rows with a Kia Telluride. Um, and then understanding what, you know, that size category actually legally classifies as a Telluride is a midsize SUV. The other side of it is like, if you take a look at the Honda Passport and the Honda Pilot, they are almost identical in size. Right. But the Passport only has seating for five whereas the pilot has seating for up to eight. So, you know, that's the stuff that Jody's talking about where we tweak and refine every year to make sure that it makes the most sense, even when on the surface it might not. But there's, you know, there is a method to the madness in trying to make sure that, you know, it's as competitive and comparable as possible. So that is part of why you might notice like some of the category names have changed or you're starting to see that we are allowing EVs before green vehicles only competed in a very specific space. Now, because not only are there more EVs, but they're better than ever, uh, EVs are eligible when we're voting and we get our first round of votes, which which include, you know, every vehicle in, let, let's say, the midsize luxury uh, car space. Um, it's both, so you'll have something like a, gas-powered BMW 3 Series, as well as a, the BMW i4, which is the electric counterpart of the 3 Series, because EVs are great, and so we thought, well, yeah, we should, they should be competing against gas-powered cars. Yeah, especially because, like, we organize this based on how we think you are researching and buying cars and cross-shopping them, so that's why we did it. So, yeah, a couple of the, the categories have been tweaked this year. Just as an example, like, we broke out the EV cat or the green car category. Mm -hmm. Previously, everything that was alternative powertrain would be lumped into one green category. This year, you know, we have best hybrid best plug-in hybrid, best mainstream EV, and best premium EV. So many to pick so from. So many, right? And and I'm so excited to get into it. And so today we're gonna be talking about a handful of the category winners, and then we will announce five overall winners uh, about a month from now, just prior to the Toronto Auto Show. We have kind of a gala in our office where we'll announce those final winners. And every single one of these category winners will be eligible for an overall prize as well. Yeah, so if if small car winner would qualify for best car, obviously any of the SUV category winners that we're about to go through would qualify for those 
for the best overall SUV. So it's kind of a, a cool way to do it so that you can see the, the cream of the crop, the best of the best in every segment of the market then qualifies for these overall wins. I'm so, excited. Uh, let's get into it. Let's do it. You don't even know the winners yet. No. Yeah. So this is going to be a surprise to you. Um, okay. Let's start off with best small car. It is the Honda Civic and Civic Hatchback, which makes so much sense, right? Our experts were all really aligned on this. We love the Civic. It's a classic. It's There's a body style for everyone. They have performance versions. They have very Would you practical. say there's a body style for every body style? It's true. It's very true. Uh, so you guys know, if you're unfamiliar with the Civic, I would say the best way to describe it, even though it's been around for years, like 50, Decades. 50 years and whatever, it went, the last few generations were what I would describe as like it's awkward teen years. It didn't really like, you know, back in the, in the nineties, I think the Civic was really good, right? It was, and it was, it made a lot of sense and it worked and even into the early two thousands and then sort of around like 2010, uh, it changed and wasn't necessarily changed for the better. It was still incredibly popular and then it kind of stayed that way for the last like dozen years this latest generation Civic came out and it's just fantastic in every way. It's really grown up a lot too. Yes. Like it's really found its footing stylistically. Hence the whole awkward teen years yes. thing. It's matured. It's become a better car overall. Yeah, like the previous generation one, it was good, but it was kind of, you know, awkwardly styled. They ironed out a lot of those kind of weird things that, you know, those complaints that we had. Yeah. And the result is just fantastic. Uh, as a bonus, it's built locally here in Ontario, which we always love to see. Yep. Um, yeah, congratulations to Honda. What's another category you want to see? You can just pick one and I'll... Let's say subcompact crossover because that's that's kind of... Okay. That's a That's a really budding segment both in terms of popularity and the number of entries and i've driven a lot of really good subcompact crossovers okay so the winner of this category our experts have voted the subaru crosstrek well-deserved win very well deserving i like the crosstrek because it's so practical um and it's still affordable and it's a slightly larger than everything else in its segment yeah it's got so it is quite literally an impreza with more ground clearance the Impreza has always been somewhat on the, you know, it's been it's been normally sized for a car, but once it's made turned into a crossover, it benefits from just a bit more space than you might find in something like I don't know a Kia Seltos, for example. There's a bit more second row legroom, so if you've got kids, it's a great option. It's still super efficient. It's got standard full time all wheel drive. It's got a great advanced driver assistance suite and. There's a wilderness version, so if you want to look like you're, you know, ready to go out into the backwoods, or you actually do want to go out into the backwoods, it is a great option. Uh, I went four-wheeling down in Arizona in it, and I wasn't surprised by what it could do because I've done some crazy stuff in Subarus in the past, but man, it was just like a little... A little billy goat climbing up over everything and yeah. Way more capable than anything else in its segment, it's right? True. It's true. Yeah. Congrats to Subaru. I think Subaru needs another congrats too because okay. our experts have also voted the Outback as the best compact SUV. The Outback. Yeah, that's a really... <laughs> so I used to drive uh, an Outback. Uh, some of you may know, some some of our loyal listeners may know, I used to years ago work at, at Subaru in the public relations department and I drove an Outback and I love it. My parents to this day still drive an Outback. My friends Carrie and Allie do. 
every it's one of those vehicles that yeah okay it does look a bit wagony compared to most crossovers that size but those who drive them absolutely love them because they are jam-packed with practicality with functionality and uh it's just the best of both best of the car world and the best of the crossover world combined it's the definition of a crossover oh it's absolutely a, it's a car yeah. meets an suv that's it and again, the Outback, like the Crosstrek, also has uh, like a wilderness version now too, right? Yeah. And it looks cool, super yeah. capable. Um, yeah, I just, I love the fact that they're so practical and it, it just seems so well suited for Canadian life. Yes, you know? it's true. Uh, what's another category you want to see? Maybe small truck. Small truck. Or, or mi what do we call that? That See, this is, even for me, I can't remember the so transition. So we call it the best compact slash midsize there truck. There you go, because that segment has both shrunken and grown in different ways yeah so there was i don't know some of you guys may remember that there was you know in the recession days the segment went from like five or six uh mid-sized pickup trucks down to just two now that segment has grown again plus we've added two small trucks the ford maverick and the hyundai santa cruz obviously you're not going to have you know, an awards category of picking just between those two and just the other four that exist. So we decided to, you know, merge them and pick the winner of, of all of them. Yeah. So we kind of group vehicles in together based on like the jobs they're supposed to do. Right. Um, and so our experts have voted the Ford Maverick as the best one in its class. I I think it won the year before, too. I think it did, yeah. And in the Maverick's great because it comes um, as a hybrid. You can get it as a regular gas-powered truck. It is right but size. But can I complain? Of course. I know it's coming. That you can't get the hybrid with all-wheel drive. It's so stupid. It is, it is the one thing holding that truck back from, like, absolute perfection. I said it on an episode last year. If it... That would be, like, the vehicle that I would probably eventually replace my golf wagon with if the hybrid was all-wheel drive agreed the fact that that does not exist is a huge miss in ford clearly you know people including us really like that truck it's just one step away from greatness yeah especially because canadians love all-wheel drive and yeah. so i feel like offering the maverick with all-wheel drive especially because the platform already exists is kind of a no-brainer so i'm a little bit curious why they haven't done it yet um, but Still good job a well to deserved win. Yeah, well deserved win. Um, okay, let's do best hybrid. Do you have any predictions for Ooh. which one won? I mean, I don't, but I will say, like, I mean, if if I were picking, and this just goes to show you, because it's probably not even the the vehicle that won, I would probably pick the Toyota Rav Four as the best because it it does so much. It's a jack of all trades, probably a master of none. But that's okay when it comes to something like that, where it's got the size and the space, but it sips gas like a like a little tiny car. Okay, so you're close. Okay. The winner of the best hybrid is the Toyota Prius. Oh, which is which is new. You know what? Let me go back. I'm sorry. In the two episodes ago, our year-end wrap, you would ask me if there were any surprises in the year. Any vehicles that stood out, good or bad, that I wasn't really expecting. The Prius has always been super efficient, but it's just a car. Like, that's the box it checks. Yeah. This redesigned one is 
fantastic on so many levels. Okay, so it, it retains that amazing efficiency. Yeah. Now it is also offered with all-wheel drive. Checks another box, right? Yeah. It looks really cool. When I yeah. was driving it, I had a, a bright yellow one. Yeah. And people were stopping me in parking lots. Be like, wow, what is that? And it's a Prius. Like, how crazy. Yeah. It's really, it's shaped kind of like a, like a door stopper in the best way possible. I love it. It's like a wedge I shape. I absolutely yeah. love it. It looks really, really good. Um, and it, again, it's so efficient. Um, and on a similar note... The best plug-in hybrid is the Prius Prime. Go figure. Yeah. Pioneers. Both of those are really pioneers in, in the segment. Uh, another one that's really, you know, really great. Um, I drove the Prius Prime in, back in the spring of last year and just same sort of thing. I really, really liked it. Uh, and it's priced really well, too. Mm -hmm. That's another huge one because I know... For a lot of people, that's been a point of reference in the past about, well, the, the step up from the standard Prius to the Prius Prime is, is a lot. It's thousands and thousands of dollars. And now the, the gap between them has closed significantly and it makes it that much more appealing. Supply issues are still a thing for Toyota. I'd like to see that rectified as I'm sure so many out there would as well. But I'm telling you right now, if this is the award win that you need to really, you know, get out there, get to that dealer and, and put your name down on the wait list, do it now. This is the vote of confidence that you need. Yeah, isn't that And that's the whole reason why, why these awards even exist in the first place, yeah. right? Um, these, every single one of these vehicles really is just such a well-rounded package. They all go above and beyond what's expected to raise the bar. Um, all very deserving. Uh, we have time for a couple more. Let's, uh, what about best subcompact luxury SUV? Very popular segment these days. Yeah, you know, and that's one of those, I think that's the, uh, that's what's bringing in younger buyers, right? Premium brands have always, uh, I think, you got to word it correctly. I think they've always appealed to a lot of people, um, but they've really only actually been accessible to, you know, people with, with money, right? right? Which tends to be older folks. But now with these smaller entries, they become more attainable because people go, well, it's not that much more to buy a little one. Like a big SUV is still going to be significantly more expensive than a mainstream equivalent. Right. But a premium one is going to be pretty reasonably priced. Uh, I don't know. If I had to say, like, uh, if I had to guess the winner... I might say something like the Genesis GV60, which is electric, mm. but that's only because, you know, people tend to be like blown away by, by Genesis. It's got that, that sort of like, uh, the bonus of being like a kind of scrappy, you know, underdog, underdog. Yeah. yeah. But if I had to pick, um, I would probably say the Mercedes GLA class really? was my favorite okay. of the Okay, so year. our experts voted the BMW X1 and X2, okay. which to me makes a lot of sense because um, the X1 and the X2 were completely overhauled. The X1, when I drove it, was absolutely fantastic. You did really like I it. I really liked it because, it, first of all, it's the most affordable BMW you can buy, period. Yeah. This you is know? what I'm talking about, appealing to, to you. You were exactly. really chuffed about and it. Exactly, and it was... The old one kind of looked like a hatchback. This one looks much more like a SUV. It's like boxy, looks great. What I liked about it is that it wasn't obscenely priced and it wasn't even cutting any corners. Like it just checked every single box that I had for this segment. Now that you say that, I think I remember going through your review and that's exactly how you 
described it. Oh yeah, that yeah. it checks a lot of boxes. Without it's just very well rounded. Corners. Yeah, um, it, it's really good. And wait a minute, you said it was boxy and muscular, and now you're saying it's well rounded. <laughs> That's a really bad joke. But wow, Dan. Um, but yeah, great pick. Last year's winner for that category was the Volvo uh, XC40, which, which is I also love. fantastic. I, yeah. and, I, and the electric one is, is better than, than ever, the Recharge. That's another one that if I were, like, we talk about this a lot. Like, what if you were shopping in this segment today? What, what would you buy? Uh, to me, the, the XC40 Recharge, that's the one. Yeah, that's a good one. So good. Um, we got a couple more in us? Yeah, let's... What's your guess for best midsize SUV? So these are like those three-row family crossover type vehicles. I would, ah, oh man. I, I mean, what is it my guess of what I actually think won or what I would? What your guess well, is. Well, how about this? Yeah, okay. What? I think maybe this one could be the same was the Toyota Grand Highlander. Ding, ding, ding. You're right. So Our good. experts agree. Yeah. That's, a, that's like, you know, the funny thing about it is it's not, like, okay, I've talked before about, like, the Kia EV9 is this, like, showstopper. It's all electric. The reason why it wasn't um, voted on is is because it wasn't available. Uh, so I think, like, next or later this year, but, but next year's awards, you'll see the EV9 in the mix once more of our, of our jurors vote on it. Um, the Grand Highlander isn't, like that showstopper it doesn't you don't get in it and go oh wow but once you start once you spend time with it you're like man this thing does a lot it's got all kinds of space it's got a lot of thoughtful features tons of storage it makes a lot of sense for families this is one of those wins that i love how independent our you know jody and i don't have any sway any control except for our one single vote mm -hmm. in each segment but this is one that i am like i'm so you know, proud and happy that it's won because it's such an easy one to get behind. Sometimes we we get winners that I'm like, well, good thing this is a democratic process and not a dictatorship because I would not have chosen that as the as the winner. Right. But that's why we have over 20 experts voting, right? Yeah. So but, so it really is a democracy. Like, yeah. It, but th this is one that I'm like, oh, sweet. Like. Yeah. So it's always nice when our when our experts are kind of on the same page about yeah. certain vehicles, and it, it's it's easy for a lot of people to vote for like the sexiest vehicle in the lineup, and like you know the Grand Highlander. It's just super practical and it's very well done. It's not like the flashiest one, yeah. but I think the fact that it won just speaks about how how good it is overall. And the best, Jody, the best part of it all is that the Telluride didn't win again. The Telluride has been a repeat winner in that segment for the last couple of years. And uh, if you guys have ever watched my reviews in the past, it's one that's puzzled me a little bit. I don't think it's that good and I'm happy to see a new yeah. A new winner in this segment. But, but a very well-deserved win. Yes. Yeah. Any other segments you're curious about? Let's do full-size truck. Okay. I mean, you can guess. It's got to be the Ford F-150. Of course it is. The Ford F-150 and the hybrid and the Lightning are, yeah. it, as a lineup, it's just so robust. Yes. You know, every single year it's on Auto Trader's top 10 most searched list. Yeah. This year it was also on the top, test, top 10 most bought list. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been the best best selling, you know, truck in in Canada and the US for years now, but that's 
that's not just like because it's a de facto choice like ford you can really tell like every time there's there's a new generation or like a significant update to it it's like that segment is so competitive mm -hmm. they're all raising their the bar and there are things i think like the chevy silverado and gmc sierra or the ram 1500 do better but as a as a complete package yeah the f-150 just does it all it's so good and the fact that it's available in so many different powertrain it's options the only one doing it there's really an f-150 for every type of driver out there do yourself a favor and and check out the hybrid if you're if you're you know looking for a half ton truck uh the hybrid is pretty phenomenal i'm a big fan of that i like the lightning too but if you if you're not ready to go all electric but you're still interested like don't bother with you know a v8 or the gas only version like go with the hybrid it does everything that those can with the added bonus of being super efficient yeah and it's got that onboard inverter that i love your favorite vehicle feature maybe ever. ever maybe ever. yeah um okay so best mainstream ev this one was really surprising to me, actually. Our experts voted the Kia Niro EV as the winner in this segment. That is a surprise. And that's surprising because, again, that's not the sexiest choice Don't. in this segment. It's not the flashiest. But it is really good. I think, and it's funny because I, you know, and I don't mind. This isn't like some, you know, like top secret ballot after the fact. Like I voted for the Nero as the best mainstream EV. And a big reason why was affordability mm -hmm. and practicality. So it doesn't offer all-wheel drive, which I know sucks, but it's cheaper than most of the vehicles it competes with. It's got pretty good range. I do wish it was a bit better. And it also offers a ton of features. And I even like the way that the new one looks. I think it looks great. It's a little funky. It's a little out there, but it's pretty cool. Uh, that's a big win. Yeah, that's a that's a huge accomplishment for Kia. Yeah. Um, it was overhauled uh, for the 2023 model year, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks really great. I think to to get this win right now, when there are so many great options out there, is a major accomplishment for Kia. Yeah. Again, like to Jody's point earlier, about it like it beat out the the sexy one, like the Kia EV6, the Hyundai Ioniq 5. Those two alone, I could understand if because they're also very good. Maybe the big reason why the Nero EV1 is because it has a rear wiper. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, and it's worse on the Ionic 5, the Nero, or, or sorry, the EV6, the shape of the back window means that it doesn't get a lot of um, like snow and, and salt and stuff kicked up on the back window. That kind of vortex helps. Whereas the Ionic 5, it's just like, it's the worst. And it, the fact that it doesn't have a rear wiper is mind-blowing. I think it's coming for next year. I think but so many not, people complained about it that yeah, they fixed it. Yeah, but it's not here it. for 2024. Yeah. That could be enough to get... To, to earn my vote as the as the number one. It could be. It just looks so cool, too. Yeah. Okay, so if you want to know the rest of the winners, you can visit autotrader.ca slash awards. We have, I think, 28 different winners. So, you know, if you're shopping for a new car, it's a great place to start your research. We also have, like, a full explanation of, you know, what goes into the voting process, what, what makes an award-winning vehicle, We've got our jurors on there so you can see who, you know, was involved in this process. Uh, you can see past winners as well. So if you do want to take a look back at last year's winners, you can do that there as well. It's a really great, like Jody said, it's a really great resource.
Perfect. And before our Ask an Expert segment, here's a message from your friends at AutoTrader. Save time and money by using AutoTrader, Canada's most trusted place to buy and sell new and used cars. AutoTrader has the most cars and one of the best features is price badging so you can feel more confident that you're getting a good deal. Today's Ask an Expert comes from Steve. Hey, so Steve. he has a very useful tip uh, after listening to our episode about car theft. Okay. He emailed uh, us with this tip. So he's been a vehicle appraiser in Ontario for 30 years. Um, so he's had a lot of uh, experience dealing with clients who have, have had their vehicles stolen, yep. trying to get their actual cash uh, value payout you oh, know, man, for the insurance. Yeah. Um, so his advice is that you purchase two GPS tracker units and you put them in the car. The reason is because he says that car thieves now have you know, technology where they can scan for hidden GPS trackers. His feeling is that if they scan one, if they scan your car and find one, they'll stop, stop. after they found yeah. one, but that way you still have a secret GPS tracker hidden in there, which you can then use to maybe recover your car. You can tell the police where it is or something. That's Great good. tip, yeah. right? Yeah, way to go, Steve. That's a good one. I yeah, like that's that. a really good one. Um, yeah, and that was it. Oh, yeah. Oh, he just, right. It wasn't even an ask an expert. Steve. No, no, this was this was this week. This this episode was the tell an expert. Tell an so, expert. Yeah. No, we're happy to listen. If any of you out there have similar advice um, that you want to share, we're happy to to get it out there to our audience. We love to share. Again, keep in mind, you know, our whole tagline is is making car stuff simple for Canadians. We want to help. It doesn't matter who came up with it. We want to make sure that that message gets out there. So. Thank you, Steve, and anyone else who wants to share, email us at expert at trader.ca. Do you like that I hold, I stole your whole That was great. Your whole spiel yeah. here. Yeah. And until next time. Drive safe. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Yeah.